Hi, I'm Yumi Steins, and I want to share something with you. For the last couple of years, I've tried really hard to not comment on women's appearances. I'm not perfect at this, but I make a conscious effort not to tell you that you're looking great or that your hair is amazing today. What I'm trying to do is downplay the importance we place on the looks of women. I don't want my friends or my daughters to grow up believing that their worth is determined by how beautiful, tall or skinny they are. But like I said, I'm not perfect. And an article written by someone I quite admire made me realise that I was still being actively hostile to some women. Specifically, fat women. Hi, I'm Beck Shaw. I'm from regional Queensland. I'm a writer. I write about feminism, queer issues, pop culture, and I'm a fat woman. She's also hilarious. And I'm a little bit in love with her, so I really wanted to get her on board for this episode. Um, So I got a message from you on Facebook, which is exciting because I've been a fan, obviously. Um, Can I I also just confess that I was hesitant to ask you to even do this because I know you're so much more than, you know, the person who talks about being fat. You know, Mm. you've got so much going on that's cool and and admirable, like a published book and a massive Twitter following and it's not all about being fat. But there was a moment that you seized upon that occurred in your life where you were like, fuck this, I've got to write this article. Can you tell us about that moment? Yeah, so basically I wanted to talk about how much emotional energy it takes and how much time fat people and women in particular sort of spend thinking about their place in the world, like their physical space and the amount of effort that we go to to try to minimise ourselves so that we aren't a target. Everyone talks about it if they're going to catch a plane, like the processes that you go through to sort of prepare for it. And I, I was thinking sort of those overt examples, but then it sort of went into the more insidious fat talk stuff that like people who are nice generally um, still engage in and how that is, can really affect us as well. People who are generally nice, that's me and possibly you. So I asked Beck to share some of those insidious moments from her life when fat shaming was just a part of everyday dialogue. And since I'm not fat, and this is not my story, in this episode we're going to do something a little different. I popped Beck the question, do you want to be my co-host? I do. (laughs) (laughs) Forever? Yeah. (laughs) We're also going to yarn with Ali Garrett, a friend of Beck's. She's a writer and performer, a fat pride Instagram star and someone who's mastered the art of the selfie like no one else. Oh, no, I have to do inflection. Ladies, we need to talk about fat talk. I think you've had enough of those. You don't want to grow up and be fat like your auntie. Christmas Day, I was 10. I was just a perfectly normal girl, running around without a care in the world. She said it like it was a joke, but I could tell she meant it. Who told me I didn't want to end up fat like my auntie? It was, of course, that very auntie, a woman whose weight oscillated from average to slightly above average. My brother Michael had grabbed a handful of jelly snakes and I was looking through the bowl to pick out my favourites. We all looked up when we heard the comment, but it was clear she was not talking to my brothers, only to me. I dropped the snakes back into the bowl. 
I felt like I'd done something wrong, but I couldn't quite understand what it was. I knew there was something beneath the surface of what she'd said. It was something my brothers didn't need to know, but I did, in order to be the right kind of girl. Maybe she was trying to warn me, or even save me, but all she did was help set me up to feel bad about food and wrong in my body. So in this story, Auntie is directing the fat shaming at herself. You don't want to be fat like me, she says. Is this a little bit of harmless self-deprecation or something more sinister? It's not like Auntie is hoping to set a little girl up for a lifetime of torment. My own mum, who loves me and loves my kids, does this exact same thing to my daughters. Ali has her own version of the snakes in a bowl moment. I feel like even just listening to that, I was like, oh, yep. I remember I was shopping for a pair of swimmers or togs or bathers and an older woman turned around and my mum was like, I'm just looking for a pair of bathers for my daughter. She's 11. And the shop assistant turned around and went, ooh, big for 11. And just big for 11 is just seared into my brain. It's really hard to navigate what healthy, normal, fun, joyful eating is when you're getting those messages as a young kid. And I had the issue of having three brothers who Mm. were treated so differently around it as well. Like it was fine for them to eat as much as they wanted and everything because they're boys and the, the treatment of like me around food was like very stark even from really early mm. on. And ladies, before we go any further, we do need to talk about the word fat. I've been using it because I feel like I have permission. Here's Ali. Please use the word fat. For me, the word fat, it's just a neutral describing word. And when you have a lifetime of that word being used against you, being used as a bullying word or a taunting word, it can feel really powerful to just reclaim it as if it's neutral. Mm. You know, I'm fat, I'm of average height, I've got red lipstick on today, I've got brown hair. That being said, because it is such an emotional, loaded word for a lot of people, I wouldn't use it to describe somebody else to their face unless I knew that they were comfortable The other words are not, (laughs) the other words that you could use like obese and overweight overweight and over what weight, yeah, you know, and curvy, I don't know if that's chubby, chubby, thick, thick is the new, I quite like thick, thick is actually quite sexy. I feel like I'm definitely too white to use the (laughs) word thick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you overheard somebody say, Beck is fat, Mm -hmm. that's okay. I mean, context is everything. If they would, you know, it's quite funny when you see people and that everyone tries to dance around, like, she's got brown hair and has glasses. <laughs> and I'm like, just say I'm the fat one in the dumb T-shirt. <laughs> like, we don't need to, you know, it's just a descriptor. And I think everyone, like, it would help if everyone got more comfortable with it and took away the you know, the sting of it just by using it as a neutral term. But it can make people feel very uncomfortable oh, yeah. when you use the word fat. Yeah. I've been told 20 times, oh, you're not fat, you're gorgeous, yeah. or you're not fat, you're beautiful. And I am beautiful and gorgeous, but I'm also <laughs> fat. But I can be all of yeah. those at They're once. not mutually exclusive. No. If your auntie knew what effect those words yeah. had, how would she react now? I mean, I'm sure she would be horrified, but I think... I think that is the through line with a lot of this stuff is that people, for whatever reason, think they're helping, 
because it's based on their own fears and what society has told them is acceptable or not. They see me reaching for a snake and they want to protect me from being fat and having to deal with the world. There are those snakes in a bowl moment and a big for 11 moment which stay with you forever. Oh my god, the size 10 doesn't fit. Ugh, I don't know if I can pull this midriff. I just look so bad. Hey, do you need another size in there? In high school, clothes shopping with friends was just what you did. But it was a particular form of hell for me because by then I was a fat teenager. I'm never going to find anything. None of the clothes the others tried on fit me, so I would tail along, never taking anything to the change rooms and nobody else suggesting I do. I'd help them find bikinis and midriff tops and make jokes outside of the dressing rooms, just hoping they would keep me around. I'd hear them through the change room curtains, endless talk of how fat they felt, sighs at the tiny folds of flesh they could pinch from their stomach and their fear of summer and the beach, and the way those tiny midriff tops they wanted so badly would expose what might be shameful. All while I was standing there, much fatter than they would ever be. And as I listened, that fragile belief that even though I was fat, I was still worthy of love and respect was worn down with each remark about their own bodies. When they walked out of the change rooms, their silence about my body, their failure to include me in the conversation about their own fears gave me nowhere to go. I was so fat I couldn't even share their shame. Nothing ever fits. I really identify with awkwardly tagging along while friends go shopping. I go shopping with my sister when we're in the same city and I sort of awkwardly rustle around in the jewellery section or look at the handbags and it's it's like what this I'm really not built or this world's not built for me. And I, I often find it deeply frustrating. Like I am so financially irresponsible. I'm so ready to drop some cash left, right and centre and there's often... No opportunity to no do it. No opportunity to give you my money. <laughs> so, Beck, what would happen when your friends walked out of the change room? They know that you've heard these things they're saying. It was just like everyone was in a land of denial. Like you just, I didn't want to bring up the fact that I was fat or like point it out. I, and it's kind of like you're acting like maybe everyone will forget if we don't talk about it. And they wanted me to be there but knew that it was too awkward to talk about like why I couldn't try and close with them. So no one said anything about it. You just don't mention it. And I just pretend that I just am loving trailing along after them and finding clothes for them, Mm. which I'm very good at to this day for other people, but it's not very helpful. They're just processing fear about their bodies. But it, it, it is hard because even still to this day, if I hear a friend complaining about having a fat day or feeling fat, What I do hear is, okay, you're having a bad day, your self-esteem's not good today or you feel uncomfortable in your body and the way that you're describing that is that your body looks more like mine today. And I'm trying to have empathy that that person is is feeling bad about themselves, but I I do wish that people wouldn't use the word fat to say they they feel like shit. What I try to do is sort of point out or taught like I've written articles about you know why it feels like shit when people describe being fat when they're not fat it just does mean I don't like how I look today and then thinking well does that mean you think I'm like 
repulsive and disgusting. And I don't think it does. But again, it's so intrinsic and it's so beat into them that like you should feel bad about your body at all times. And that's what I've noticed in share houses I've lived in, in times that I've spent with groups of women is it is contagious. But I think it's so contagious because it's a way that uh, a lot of women bond yeah. with each other. It's a bonding exercise to say, oh, I feel so fat today or I'm on a diet or I'm doing a, a body challenge mm-hmm. or I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing abs, I'm doing booty. And it's, I see it a lot in offices, I've seen it in share houses. It's, it's a quick way to bond yeah. with another woman. And I think it's partly tied to our ideas around vanity as well. Like those teenage girls were maybe the most beautiful they were ever going to be. They had more collagen than they were ever going to have in the Mm -hmm. rest of their entire lives. But we all have grown up and we all live in this culture that tells you you have to hate yourself to be relatable. If I had cancer, at least I'd be skinny. A Saturday night party. I was at uni in regional Queensland. I was very drunk on cheap white wine, lying on a friend's bedroom floor with several other drunk young women. The conversation moved to dating and a friend of a friend said she'd been sleeping with a guy we all knew, but he didn't want to say they were dating or have anyone know about it. She said it was because she was fat and he was embarrassed about his attraction to her. I'd heard this before. Lots of men feel ashamed about having the hots for a fat woman. They think that it's somehow pathetic to stoop that low when you could be dating a skinny woman. Why would you do something so disgusting? So fat girls and women enter relationships where they could easily be made to feel less than, disposable, or like they should be grateful someone will be with them. The conversation went on until she told us that she wished she was sick because if she had cancer, at least she would be thin. I wish I was sick. If I had cancer, at least I'd be thin. I thought she was joking. But as she started to cry, I realised she was serious. A life-threatening illness was better for her than being fat. You're joking, right? So what was that like for you being in that room with with her saying that? Yeah, it was just a real shocking moment, I think. Mm. Like there's there's so much that is unsaid or beneath the surface and realising what that meant for, because I was much fatter than her, what that meant for me if she could be so unhappy, even though if I was her size, I would be like killing it in life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, yeah, it felt awful and heartbreaking in retrospect more so. I feel so bad for her that she, Mm. she was taught to hate her body so much that she would wish for something like that just to not be in it. Does this sound like something that would happen in your life, Ali? Yeah, like I've I've definitely heard people say, you know, that they just need a case of gastro to fit into their wedding dress or whatever. And I, I just think that desire and the relationship with fat is is really complicated. When I was just starting to feel my way around being fat where I feel like I really overcompensated in terms of wanting to appear desirable and it's like yeah I'm fat but I'm still attractive or I'm fat and people still want to have sex with me so it's fine but actually that's sort of not what the the core of the issue is it's not that you are a good person or you're deserving of rights or whatever because people want to have sex with you it's Mm. not about that either the the 20s period is really awkward 
it was more awkward for me than my teens because yeah. I really wasn't having much sex, I guess, in my teens. Um, but 20s I was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me what it was like for you, Beck. I think being queer was yes. helpful. I think so. It's the whole um, straight five, queer ten thing, <laughs> which is essentially a lot of a lot more variety in bodies and that sort of thing is acceptable in the quick, especially with queer women. I think um, if I had to just be dating straight cis men, I think I would have found it a lot more difficult. But it, you know, it was a very. I think my twenty, my early twenties was a bit of a lonely time. Um, but I think partly that was also being queer in a regional town as well. How'd you go, Ali? Um, I don't know. Like, and I've. I'm 29. I've been in relationships pretty much nonstop since I was mm. 20. When there were forays into internet dating, I was always, it was like whenever whenever I talk to a fat friend about getting on online dating, the, the fear is that they'll see your body and run away. So my tactic is not picture one but picture two and the series that they swipe through needs to be a bikini picture. Like they need to know what they're getting themselves yeah. in for. They need to sign up for this whole thing. I, I, I just think dating is is really difficult. I think that there have been times when I've felt like my body must be okay because somebody's attracted to me or somebody else likes it and that that's also not particularly healthy. Like you don't need to be attractive and desirable mm. and rootable to mm. be a, a good person. No, I can't have cake. I'm on a diet. I ate pizza last night and I feel so fat. I'm trying to lose weight for summer. Oh, man, I need to lose weight before I go back on Tinder. I put on two kilos. I am so disgusting. This is just everywhere. In every single friendship group, in every single workplace. It's those painful discussions women have at the office morning tea, wondering whether to have a slice of cake, speaking in terms of being naughty or deserving it. And the talk women use to describe themselves by how much they weigh in the same way they talk about their achievements and failures, their goodness and their value. Those same women who talk endlessly about diets together manage to make me feel like my own body is so far off the scale that I'm excluded altogether. The F word doesn't get used in my presence because that's when everyone politely looks away. When you're fat, you deal with the fact that your friends laugh at fat jokes. You deal with doctors who talk about your weight every time you go in for an appointment, be it for a cold or a broken toe. And you deal with a judgment dressed up as unwanted health advice and suggestions about low-fat yogurt. You deal. But the thing that's hard to deal with is every woman you know who hates her body, who complains about her thighs, or makes a big deal about eating a Tim Tam or two. Because the shame they feel makes your shame worse. And you know if they hate themselves, they must hate you much more. I just hate my body and my thighs are so fat. I guess this is the bit that really got me excited to talk to you because I'm, I realised there was such a gap in the way I thought about fat. I was like, of course, what an asshole I am to say stuff like that. Like, we're so thoughtless. And I think part of it was because I thought if they know that I'm so comfortable to say that in front of them, then they know that, that I love them, but it's not actually not good enough. You, do you mean that there have been times when you've said stuff like that? I've said, oh, God, I feel so fat today as though it's the worst thing in the world, you mm. know. It's just really thoughtless yeah. stuff coming out of my mouth. So um, I want to know how for 
everyone who's listening who's not fat, how can we be better allies? Mm. The most revolutionary things that I did, which I'd encourage anyone to do, regardless of whether they want to be a better ally to fat people or whether they just want to be a happier person, is I made a rule to stop saying anything negative about anyone else's body. So I made a no body shaming rule. Mm -hmm. And I actually found that had a huge effect on my own self-talk too, because all of a sudden, if I wasn't saying those things about celebrities or someone walking past wearing something ill-fitting and where I maybe would have made a snarky joke earlier, all of a sudden it made my own self-talk about my own body start to sound particularly harsh. If I wouldn't say that to someone else, why would I say it? to myself. So often when there's somebody who we don't think is a good person, who it's okay to mock, if that person happens to be fat, we make jokes about their fatness. So whether it's Clive Palmer or Jenna Reinhart or Donald Trump, it's we make jokes about their bodies. So and the fact that fat is the first thing that people go to um, as a moral failing, like that's the first insult that's ready on the tip of everyone's tongue. Mm. It's just unnecessary. Like if you can't find something bad to say about Donald Trump, you're not trying hard enough. Mm. There's a whole shopping list of things to choose <laughs> There's from. There's almost too many things. Um, and sometimes I feel like body positivity or fat activism is now just layering extra guilt on top of people. If you're, mm. if you're not a hundred percent in love with your body all the time. It almost feels like you're letting the side down. And I don't think that's the solution either. Maybe sometimes it's just okay that your body is a vessel. It's just a thing. It's not everything because it's, people have bad days. Sometimes you mm. might feel shit. That's fine. Why I wrote that article last year was because I was walking down the street in Newtown and someone flicked a cigarette at me and called me a fat bitch like some adult man, man on the yeah. street. And I'm like, we already have to deal with so much overt hatred mm. and that it these sort of smaller things from people that you know love you and that's the stuff that can sort of get exhausting. Yeah, totally. And I think a large reason why a lot of people think they can say whatever they want to fat people is because they can convince themselves they're doing it for our benefit. Mm. They're like, I'm being terrible to you, and but it's for your own benefit, so you'll lose weight and or the drain on the health system and, you yeah. know. But, like, that man who flicked a cigarette at you, he didn't yeah, was, do that out of concern for your health, yes, you know, like because exactly. it, there was a burns risk with the cigarette. <laughs> but there was also the, like, huge damage to mental health that yeah. comes with mm. all of these kinds of statements, mm. like, Every single statement in the stories that you've shared today, maybe it was shared from a place of compassion or we don't want this person to grow up to be fat, we want this person to be healthy. But health is so health is physical health, but it's mental health. And something that I often think is it's like you want me to hate my body. Why would I want to look after and treasure something that I hate? It's only now that I identify as fat that I've found pleasure in going to the gym and going to yoga and I like cooking all kinds of food. And I, I was never at that place when I was actively hating my body. Beck, if you could sidle up to your teenage self... Would you have something to say to her? Um, I think, you know, you're just doing the best you can in those times and I'm not sure what what could have been said to me besides just wait this out and it will be okay and you will find your people and, you know, 
I also sort of, it sounds cliche, but I sort of do think all these experiences made me who I am today. But yeah, I think just, you just got, I don't know, you just have to hang in there, kid. Do you have your own snake in a bowl moment? Or maybe you've been the one making those kinds of comments. Please get in touch. This is definitely a conversation we want to keep going. You can reach us by emailing ladies at abc.net.au. And if you want to catch up on other episodes of Ladies We Need to Talk or hear some of our exclusive bonus extras, please go to the ABC Listen app. This is where you'll find all of the ABC's great podcasts and it also lets you listen live to your favourite ABC radio programs. Thanks for listening. I'm Yumi. Bye. Thank you.